and welcome to the DJ Force 10 in conversation podcast episode 169 and my very special guest on today's show is Massey um, or Massimo if you will but he was or is the guitarist for the legendary one minute silence um, if you any of the people listening to this podcast haven't heard that band go and listen to it you can go stream it on on your spotify's your apple music's your titles all that kind of stuff go listen to them um they're just uh basically celebrating a 20th anniversary at the moment for their second album uh called buy now save later which was a pinnacle album i feel uh, especially for my sort of like um my sort of time like being a fan of music uh that that really hit me um 20 years ago so uh and 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 i was part of their street team and all that kind of stuff along with a lot of these bands i've been having a role recently of bands celebrating these 20th anniversaries it's making me feel old i'll tell you that but you know i look in the mirror and i see gray hair um well gray hair on my chin on the top of my head it's just shiny so um, <laughs> but i just uh yeah it's been absolutely brilliant doing this i've got one more next week as well which you'll see um uh, but this was originally supposed to release on monday but i had some um server issues so um we're a couple of days late on that front so i'm re-recording this intro uh from what i originally had um not that it's gonna be much difference it's just sort of explaining why this was late um but yeah no thank you for everyone downloading these episodes it's been great the pitch shifter episode um the head pe uh raging speed horn amazing um amazing response to that so thank you really honestly for that uh their pre-orders uh should be up now uh so go do go and get their album um one minute silence um on that front they're not really doing anything live as such or anything like that at the moment but they have released some limited edition merch to celebrate the 20th anniversary of buy now save later so you can get masks you get hoodies you get t-shirts all that kind of good stuff so check out their facebook page um which has just been revamped and um do check that out also check out massey's solo stuff uh it's up online uh, you can go onto youtube and stuff like that there's a link in the show notes as well so uh do check that out if you like your sort of like acoustic uh as you put it sort of melancholy sort of um sort of singer songwriter stuff um on that front but he he does all his own instrumentation production all that kind of stuff and uh yeah it's really good i really enjoy listening to it um so please do go check that out and he's got some other stuff that he's released over the years as well um so yeah go check all that stuff out go check it out now before you listen to the interview or listen to the interview and then go check it out um it's up to you but this was an absolute damn pleasure to speak to him uh we cover the whole sort of like era of that time uh what it was like for him to join the band all that kind of stuff and uh yeah no there's there's just a whole bunch of stuff in there that we go into um on that front so yeah without much further ado because i've got i think i've got anything else really to say to you or any other news to bring um looking around me thinking is there anything else i've forgotten no there isn't so without much further ado I give you Massey from One Minute Silence. Enjoy. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show today, I have Massey from One Minute Silence. Welcome. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, not bad, man. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. Um, you just asked me like whether you you whether I'd like to be called Massimo or Massey. yes. And on the, uh, I I'm on this forum like this uh, music forum. And yeah. And 
I put Massimo OMS because I thought it sounded really cool and hard. <laughs> and then my, my mate came up and he was like, Massy Mooms? What the hell's Massy Mooms? <laughs> <laughs> and now I've like just totally ruined it. Like, I'm just this like Massy Mooms on this forum. And I was like, no, it's Massimo OMS. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, no, that's all oh, good. That's all good. I've know. I've made that faux pas before with my DJ name. So um yeah, I went I went kind of like trying to be a little bit more technical back a, a few days. No, not a few days, a few years ago. And I put a little I next to it, you know, right. like iPhone, iMac, you know, that kind of stuff. And um yeah, it was like right. I DJ for sex. That's how it kind of read. And I didn't realise it at the time. <laughs> so uh which it's not true. I don't DJ for sex. So it's <laughs> Not anymore, anyway. Not anymore. No, no. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happily married, and uh, <laughs> I don't need to DJ for anything. So that's good. Cool, <laughs> oh, man. Excellent, excellent. Um, so yeah, we're, we're here to talk about one of the in specifically uh, "Buy Now, Save Later," uh, okay. which uh, was a massive album for me back in the day. Um, I was actually part of your street team. Oh wow! Back then, uh, promoting you guys, I think it was a. I think I remember quite well. It was a, there was a cassette tape and a, and a, I think it was a CD, bunch of stickers. Um, but it was you and Mudvayne. I think you were going out on a tour with them, right? Yeah. Or you're on the same like promotion company. Um, yeah. but I remember it was a combined effort at that point. Um, with you two guys, you two bands, I should say. Um, and I saw you guys live so many times. Uh, it was crazy. Um. Like, uh, like in Reading, I think was one of the venues. I think it was the Alley Cat. I think it was called back then. Right. Um, and then just a whole bunch of London shows. So Brilliant. Astoria Two, um, Astoria, and and I think there was probably the Garage as well. I believe. Wow. You know, we're sort of going back. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to piece things together, so it's all good. Um, but no, it's been quite good recently because I've had a run of 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 bands from back then on the show, which I was sort of like promotion. Like street when the street teamers were a thing, I don't know if they're still a thing or not. But um, I've had like I've got you guys. I had Pitch Shifter on the show um, not long ago, uh, Raging Speedhorn, um, like Static X, and I've got Earth Tone Nine and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really hitting these moments for myself anyway. <laughs> wow, yeah, oh, man, can you believe it's like over twenty years ago? I know it's crazy, isn't it? And I was just yeah. listening to By Now, and it still sounds really fresh. Like production-wise, it was spot on. Yeah, uh, kudos to Colin Richardson. Yeah, no, don't, I mean definitely. I was yeah. like, so just going back, listening to amazing it. Amazing producer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, so what? Like, let's, let's just go back to that era because like, um, they had available in all colours out um a few years before. Yeah. Uh, and then you joined the band. Was it ninety nine? 99 yeah yeah um and then just take it from there what was it like for you kind of joining into this group that were kind of i mean i i'd sort of put by now as your sort of breakthrough album um when it came to sort of like that sort of style of thing it was like the one that i think well i mean i'd heard you obviously heard you guys before with with available in all colors but like that one really mm-hmm. broke you through into the sort of like main i guess magazines and whatnot at the time yeah um well, I was actually a fan of the band myself. I used to go to the gigs in London and and then I was, because I'm like a, I don't want to say a decade. I'm, I'm like, I'm younger than the rest <laughs> of the guys in the band. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like just up and coming and trying to just start start my own band. And uh, like we were like part of the pit crew and stuff. Um, 
so Glenn and Yap were in town, and mm. I asked them to come see my band play. And um, so they came, and it was the same. Uh, but a couple of weeks before that, I heard on XFM, I think it was, uh, like an OMS track kicked in, and then it was like, uh, oh, oh, one minute silence, I've recruited a new guitar player, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck, where am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I kind of felt a bit jealous. I was like, damn, like, you know. Um, anyway, they came to see my band play, and I, um, like, it was, it was, I think it was like our third show or something. Yeah. Um, I only ever played, this was like my 10th time ever playing live in my entire life. <laughs> And um, I brought uh, I brought Yap into 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 my mate's car, into the drummer's car, and um, I was like, "Mate, you got to hear our demo." So I played the demo, and I just remember him kind of looking at me. I found out afterwards that he pulled a poker face, but he kind of looked, and he was like, "Yeah, that's really good." <laughs> and then I was like, "Man, can I?" I was like, "Man, I wish you asked me to join the band." And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and kind of just still pulling his poker face. And then. Um, and then I was like being quite cheeky, and I was like, "Man, can I play? Can I play a song with you guys when you when you come to London?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do." Nice. Um, anyway, it was all cool. We played the gig, and then it was a pretty good gig. Uh, and then like the next day, my band broke up because uh, some of them band members like weren't getting on. So and it was just like me and the drummer um, went our way, and then the rest of the band went their way. And then about, and then it was, it must have been a few days later, I remember it being a Sunday night, um, my phone rings, and uh, I called him Barry at the time, so like the name Barry came up on my phone, and I was like, gosh, it's Barry for a moment of silence. <laughs> and this was only like a few days after the gig, and uh, he was all panicky on the phone, he was like, hey, Matt, how's it going? I was like, yeah, and I was just there, and he was like, I was kind of going, what's going on? Like, I wasn't expecting a call from him. I was 19, yeah. like, you know, they were like a, a big band with tour buses, and I was like, damn. <laughs> And then, um, then he says, like, he just goes, look, man, he goes, what, uh, what one minute silent songs can you play? And I was just like, yes, they're going to get me to play a song with them in London. <laughs> and I was like, all of them, any of them, like, you know, not known how to play any of them, of course. Yeah. And he's like, look, man, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be straight up. Like, do you, do you want to join one minute silence? And I just remember everything pausing, like for a moment. And I, had, I actually had a poster of Glenn on my wall and I was just like looking up with this poster and I was like, <laughs> Fuck. And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Look, man, like, yeah, we've we've we need a guitarist. Not worked out with with Key. It was Key Payne, the guy was called." Mm. And I just remember like, but feeling loyal to my drummer, and I was just like, "I've got to call my drummer." And it was almost like I had to kind of <laughs> honor it, and it was like he was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, no worries. Um, call me back." And I was just like, "Call call Lorenzo," and I was like, "Mate." Just been asked to join him in silence, and he just laughed out loud. Basically, and he's like, "Yeah," and I'm I'm about to join Radiance Machine, and I'm like, "No, mate, I'm about." They just asked me, and he was like, "What?" And he was like, and then he, he kind of knew I was serious, and then he was like, "There was a moment where he was like, oh shit," and then he was like, "Oh, you got to do it. Like, you have to do this." <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, dude!" And then I was like, "All right," I just hung up the phone, called Barry back, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, wow, I can do it. Like," and he was like. All right, well, look, we're rehearsing tomorrow. No pressure, but we're booked for a gig to, to play at a festival with Metallica on Friday. <laughs> and um, we're rehearsing Monday to Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we're supposed to drive out to, like, to Germany on, on, um, on Thursday. He's like, but no pressure. Like, you know, obviously it's three days. 
and I was just like basically just not knowing what was happening really. <laughs> Hung up the phone. I remember my mom walked into the room. I was I was at my mom's house, and she was like, she, she thought she thought something happened to my brother in Ireland. Like, yeah, because um, he, he used to do like um, security work, and she okay. was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "Just been asked to join one minute silence," and she was like, "Ah!" Came over and gave me a big hug, and then it was like, just basically rushing. Yeah, I was just like just sweating, and I was like, I just couldn't believe it. My heart was pounding. Um, Monday morning, I I go to the rehearsal room. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I, I just remembered room, like a, a big rehearsal room. I'm, I was used to like small, tiny little offices, you know. Yeah, it was this bigger rehearsal room, and walked in, saw Glenn and Eddie, and then Yap was like, "Dude, when we saw you play that gig, we were like, Glenn and I kicked each other, and we were like, fuck, we should have called Mass, like, you know." Um, they didn't fire the guy; it just didn't work out. They wouldn't just be like, "Hey, you're fired, you're replaced." It just, it, it was just kind of serendipity that yeah um you know the way it worked out anyway man i did like rehearse my ass off with them um glenn glenn was kind of the md of the band like he he was like he he would be the one to let us know if it was tight enough um and i just remember like standing in front of eddie's drum kit and he just bashed the fuck out of the drum kit and i was like wow (laughs) i was like playing along to him and i was just like in awe of like eddie's drumming like you know and um we just rehearsed solidly for like three days. I, I went back to Glenn's house after re- after the rehearsals, played and played and played. Like my fingers were bleeding, man. Mm. And then on the Wednesday, at the end of the rehearsal on, on the Wednesday, um, Yap looked at Glenn and he was like, can we do the gig? And Glenn kind of looked over at Yap and he went, he gave me his thumbs up. He was like, yeah, we can do it. I just remember Yap, like, Yap looking over at me and being like, fuck, dude, you saved this gig for us. Nice. So it was like three days and then it was just... The next day, I was just like on this bus, like heading off to Germany, and I was just like, just, it, was, it was all just surreal. Yeah. Um, and also, like on that first, on that Monday, like, like I played a few songs with them, like, and then during, during like, we took a break, and then after the, like, we, we ate some, had some food, like, Yap, um, Yap and Glenn were like, dude, you got any riffs for us? Uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, I've got a couple, and this was like the first rehearsal, like, and then I just, I, <laughs> I, I knocked out the food for the brain riff. I was like, and I remember, like, Yap looked at Glenn, Glenn looked at Eddie, and then both, like, Eddie and, and Glenn, like, just exactly at the same time, just hit the stabs, like, the, the, the intro stabs of Food for the Brain. Like, it was just written right there and then, like, yeah. boom, 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 and it was like, and then we just kicked into this riff, kept looping this riff, and then just Yap jumped up, grabbed the mic, and said, heck, I walk on a wild side, and it was like, and when we just looked at each other, and we're like, fuck, you know, there's a song <laughs> right there already. Just an amazing moment, man. It was yeah, just, it was. It was all surreal. It was all really, really like surreal. That's 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 awesome. I love that. I um, love that. And food for the brain is like one of my favorite tracks off that album as well. Um, right, wicked. Because I'm like part of. Uh, well, I'm part of anything. I DJ nightclubs, like rock clubs, right, in and around the area. And it's one of the ones that on one eight four five like just sets the whole place off. Um, oh wow! <laughs> it's one of those ones that kind of. Like when you when you go to a rock club and and you want to start a pit, that's where you go to. <laughs> oh, wicked man! But yeah, no, I mean, that, that's awesome. I mean, just sort of like you know, coming into the band like that, and then three days later, you're 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 playing a festival with with Metallica. Um, I mean, obviously, it's probably like you say. It's, it's I remember a- not enjoying the gig. Sorry. Go so on, no, go on, go on. I just remember not really enjoying the gig because I was like not tight enough. I was like. 
basically looking at the guitar a lot. Okay. And kind of, I was on this massive stage. You know, there was more security than 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 the, the crowd I've ever played to in my life. I was like, it was probably <laughs> like my my eleventh time ever on a stage. And then like Glenn was jumping around doing backflips. Eddie was all over like jumping everywhere, like as in as as much as you can jump around on a drum kit. Yeah. And I was kind of just stuck in my position, like cause just I didn't want to mess up. And you know I don't you know you know like Glenn used to do all these kicking and stuff. Yep. Like that. I remember he kicked me in the ass. <laughs> Like and I just and I got a fright because I was like just got this like shock I didn't like expect to get kicked whilst I was playing like and like you know and and I, part of me was like oh my god is he kicked me like because I've, I've messed up or something and then like when I came off stage I was like I wasn't buzzing I was just more like shit like I'm gonna get fired here like you know like, <laughs> and yeah I was like what's wrong and I was like nothing and I didn't want to tell him like it was because I felt like I didn't play well enough and because I you know I'm, I'm Kind of like you know, well, as most musicians, they're kind of perfectionists. They want to play really well. Yeah. And he was like, "What?" And then he panicked. He was. He thought I was going to leave the band. He was like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I was like, "Nothing." I was like, "Glenn kicked me," and he was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "That was him just telling you that you're in the band." Like, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine." It wasn't that Glenn kicked me. I was just pissed off at myself and not playing as well as I wanted to. It took me a while to kind of get tight enough, like to to feel like a like a professional. Like I remember. We had a run of gigs the first, you know, summer and stuff. And then the following summer, we played again and came back, came, revisited, like, the venues. Mm. And people, like, so people came to the gig again, and they were like, dude, were you the new guitarist that was there last year? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, man, you're like a completely different, like, we thought you, they got another guitarist. <laughs> and just learning on the road like that, like, a year in, I was just, like, I got comfortable, and then I was, like, able to just, you know, move and play. Yeah. Um. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I cut, I cut, I cut, I cut no, into your, com- no, your sentence. Don't, don't worry about it at all. No, this is this is this is good. I love hearing all this because it's like I say, it's like you were part of a band that 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 was part of my kind of like musical upbringing, if you will. I mean, I was around your age at the same time, so we are probably the same age. Right. Um, <laughs> but being a music fan at that point was was like it was that pinnacle sort of time for me. So it was like one minute, like you guys and FT Nine and all that kind of lot as well. And um, yeah, especially yeah, yeah, on the yeah. sort of like UK side of things as well. So it was like, you know, obviously we had the big sort of bands coming over from the States and all that kind of stuff. But I was very much into mm. um, promoting the British side of things. And, um, right. you know, and, and you guys, I think it was Breed 77 as well. were out there at that point and just trying to remember names of bands. Um, but no, I was doing a lot of like promotional street team stuff for it. So it was kind of like, you know, I had a good like you know knowledge of the bands back then um, right, right. and then like obviously with by now we'll go back to that that sort of topic in hand if you will uh, <laughs> um how, how did that sort of like you know when, when it came to sort of um recording that what what was the experience like for you because like you said you you only played a handful of shows uh you got kind of like you know broken in very quickly into the band um what, yeah. what was like the recording process like for you what was the sort of like um when it came down to like writing and stuff like that as well we we kind of would basically write on the tour bus all the time um uh, uh yeah i don't know like just, we we the thing is we're we're a band that kind of need to be together and 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 play jam jam a song because yeah. we all just kind of pull an idea apart quickly and, and and you know drive it in different places but we all have to kind of we we kind of fight for it together um just to jump 
forward the reason like we haven't written anything in so long is because we're actually not able to get together yeah we don't work well sending files across the internet to each other it's like there's no momentum mm. um so yeah i mean i guess i don't know man we just we were just right in a rehearsal room jam a riff would come we'd love a riff we'd hate a riff things would change we'd, we'd loop on a riff for a while um i'd add something to glenn's baseline um it would just go just it's kind of like you just keep passing it around and things would just would just develop and until we eventually had enough songs to be like um here's an album i guess yeah uh if you want to know about the the, the process in the studio if i mean is that what you want specifically yeah i, I mean in anything or? anything like that really you know if there was anything that that you guys kind of did that was like um you know cuz obviously you're working with Colin Richardson who when it comes to producers has produced some of the sort of like biggest sort of metal albums out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, the thing is like Colin Richardson has the Colin Richardson sound. Yes. Um, so he'll have like specific techniques for like how to get that sound. I mean, I didn't know at the time I was, you know, none of us kind of, we weren't really into product in, into engineering. We just, yeah. you know, we didn't realize what an engineer can do like or a producer can do what they actually bring to the table mm. um because if you actually hear like the three different albums four different albums like, well one of them's an ep but available uh by now and one lie like they're actually three completely different sounds in a way production wise yeah and I, and i actually feel like um colin brought the heaviest sound out for us um on, on by now i feel like you know because because we're still the same band it's, you know we, we didn't really change instruments at all you know what i mean it was mm. it was the same setup um just how he got the sounds out of the out of the instruments is is, is pretty spectacular considering you know we, we we came into the studio at the same band each time yeah and you, you can really hear the difference in the production you definitely can um, across those three albums but, yeah but you know um just another story that a lot of people probably don't know, but you know, like you were saying, like one eight four five is like one of the heaviest songs on yeah on, on the album. Because we were always into like being silly and just just making jokes and just being stupid, you know. As as kind of comes with the package of being in a band, as that's what yeah. you think you're supposed to do. But remember, like uh, we made Eddie wear a dress. Or to, to record one eight four five because we were like, man, people are going to kill each other to this track, and we're like bashing the drums, and like Eddie's wearing a dress for it. <laughs> it would have been great if we had like social media back then. We would have filmed it, and it was like, you know, it's just a funny thing. And we just bits laughing at it. Nice. <laughs> that's that's quite an image. That's quite an image. Yeah. <laughs> So what what are your um like do you have any favorite tracks off that album anything you were particularly proud of Um Rise and Shine Yep Um Food for the Brain because it was it always reminded me of that that moment um my first wrote with them Uh I remember playing I remember we were playing Fish Out of Water in the rehearsal room and I felt this feeling of being in a in a band for the like a, a professional band for the first time like I could you know, I just felt the space in in the dynamics of the song and the way yeah. we played, and I, I could just really feel the difference between like, playing with a, a full band of of top musicians. And I was like, "Wow, like fucking, this song's amazing." Uh, Roof of the World is a great song. Mm. 
I don't think it's a perfect album. There's there's bits that part of me felt like we we, we should have not had as many songs on there. Um, but I think it's it's a. I mean, and also like it was my first album as as a musician, so yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of it. You know, nice. It's quite um, it's quite an album to be a part of. <laughs> it's twenty years. It's twenty years this year. It's it's, it's, it's the twenty year anniversaries. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a blink. You know, like in life, like when you have big moments, they they stay with you and they they're, they're still very loud in your in your presence in yes. your day to day. Yeah, and I'm just like, how was that twenty years ago? Like, <laughs> this is longer. I've lived longer in this gap like in that moment of twenty years than even when I joined the band. I'm yeah. like, I was only alive nineteen years, and and it's just it's just bizarre. That's uh, yeah, no, that must be uh. Yeah, I can't even put myself in that shoe. So <laughs> it's, it's uh, no, that's really, no, that's really cool. I mean, obviously, you no, know, twenty years on now. I mean, there was uh, like you say, you've kind of like you guys have have you released um another album after this one, then an EP you did through uh, crowdfunding, um, mm. and then um, you were I think you were due to play like one of the festivals at some point, um. Yeah, Sonosphere. Yeah, and just sort of going over the sort of like the last twenty years. I mean, I, I mean, in two thousand three, when you guys sort of like initially called it a day, or just sort of like went your own way, um, I was there to be honest with you. Um, obviously, if you don't want me to talk about this, it's absolutely fine. Um, but I was in the support band. You, with you, you, guys. you were at the gig. I, no, I was the support band for that tour. Oh, God. <laughs> I was in Zero Cipher. Um, and oh. and just sort of like you know we we were a very young band at that point um and just sort of watching right. kind of seeing what was going on um you know like i said if if you don't want to talk about this absolutely fine i was just sort of curious as to the sort of situation you guys found yourself in because you were you're promoting a new album obviously you've gone through and you're on i think was it taste media i think the album was or mushroom yeah yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Taste media it was. Yeah, and and I was just I was just curious as to what happened because obviously we we you know saying I was there but then um you know kind of wasn't because we were kind of like I was I was actually to be honest quite intimidated by everyone everything going on because it was our first time on a tour bus. Um and right. and it was just like because we were sharing the tour bus with you guys and um you know and I I could see obviously like dynamics in the band that like you know Glenn had started a family because he had his um, yeah. child with him and everything. And, um, and uh, no, I was just curious as to what actually happened because we kind of got the note from the tour manager just sort of saying that right. was it. And then we got kind of got sent home, <laughs> sent to a rehearsal space in London. Yeah, it was, it was, it was so surreal. Yeah. That moment as well. Because, you know, the thing is, it, it was going on, there, there was a lot of tension for a while, but like with everyone... Mate, if I'm honest with you, I think like the band was so polit like political, mm. uh, um, and I just think it got in the way. Uh, it got in the way in the end. It was like it, it became more about that than the music. And I think even in the shows, it was like it became about trying to kind of change the world too much. And it was, and and in hindsight, I mean. It was just like, what are we doing? Like we, you know, it's it. It got too much. It it, it was. It became. It just became silly. I think it became mm. too. You can't. You know. You don't lose. Don't lose sight of 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 the band. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, if if there's a time and place, and I feel like. Uh, 
There was, you know, some like the debates went on, got quite intense between the band members, and I mean, sometimes we wouldn't even rehearse. We'd we'd be like just talking about politics, and yeah. it's like that ain't. I don't know. I just that that was something I did notice. I didn't I didn't get into that side of it, but my front men of the because we had two front men of the band. Um, they they yeah. they were sat down with Glenn and 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 Yap, and they were asking them very sort of like political based questions and things like that, <laughs> which I know they found a little bit like, it's just, <laughs> it's too much. It's just like, it's, it's just, I feel like it, it got, it just got, it got, it got too much. It got yeah. too much for everyone. And it was, it, it was almost like the fun came out of it as well. Cause it was like, there was just like this guilt trip, this guilt that the world was falling apart. And I mean, you know what? It kind of is falling apart, considering like everything that they were talking about and things were were being said is kind of happening and happened. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like there's only so much you can do. Like I'm not, you know, if, if I'm not going to try and break up every single fight in the world and and run a, you know, jump, you know, if I like if if something happens in front of me, I'm going to deal with it. Like, yeah. I'll, 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 you know, but I'm not going to like try and be the hero and fix the world. I'm, you know, none of us, none of us are Superman or it's just um un- unless you want to go do that do it but if you if 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 you're the thing is if you can't see that you're actually having a negative effect like things are actually getting worse because you like you know like i might i might be preaching to you and and telling you the world is 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 falling apart and this is why but mm. you've come to hear me play guitar and like it's your it's your night just to relax and it's like sometimes there's a time and place for things and if it just becomes that and um, and I'm, I'm not saying that was the that was the issue. That yeah. wasn't, you know, I'm just saying that, that kind of added to it. And you know, Glenn had a family. Eddie got really ill with celiac disease. Yes, um, yeah. And it was also like the band kind of peaked for a bit, and then we dipped, and then we we like we got a new record deal, and then they kind of they had one foot in, one foot out, and um, and we worked hard. I mean, the band worked hard like years before I joined the band, and then. You know, the momentum was 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 uh, happened for the band, and it kind of stopped. And then it's it was like you know that trying to push it again. And yeah, we don't know. We don't really know. It just everyone got yeah. tired. I think. Um, I also think there was just too much weed going on. <laughs> Fair enough. I think you know. I I think. Um, I don't know myself. I can only speak for myself, not not the rest of the band. Um, but. I, um, I saw some photographs recently of, of around that time, actually. Yeah. And I lost so much weight, and I was like, "Damn!" Because I, I mean, I used to I used to box before I joined the band. I was quite okay. healthy. I was, I was I was I was you know into my fitness and sport, mm. and I lost so much weight. And I just I remember like just not actually being in a good mental space by the time the end, like by the, by the, by the end of the band. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like i joined a band that were extremely like intelligent and they were like hyperactive guys mm. really political and you know it could have been a sex drugs and rock and roll act like yeah let's just you know we're a rock band and but it was there was a you know it was almost like an education for me um just to to listen to all these conversations and to see the world and and you know they they brought like polit you know i didn't i didn't really have a clue like i i i, I didn't kind of grow up um I, I don't know, very, you know, yeah. in an in a academic or in a, a well-read environment, if, if I'm honest. And 
all of a sudden it was like these guys were like reading Noam Chomsky and uh, I didn't even know how to read these books. I'm like, shit, what's going on here? <laughs> and it was amazing though, because like, you know, I, I had, I, I had like my, my emotional intelligence was, is, is pretty high. Um, but it, it got so political and, and then at the, at, at, at like the times when I was supposed to be enjoying this amazing thing that I've, I've you know, my dream, the thing I was working towards, mm. I was actually feeling really shit about life because it was like, oh, but there's all this shit going on and all this sadness and all this like poor people are poor and people are dying and there's bombs and oh my God, everyone's bombing each other. Ah. Yeah. And then it was like, we would like taking like mushroom trips and acid trips and like taking drugs at the time. And my brain was just getting warped because I was just like, you know, and then I would like meet people and be like, I've got to, I've got to, we've got to change the world and tell people like we've got to, and it was almost like, dude, you're just losing the plot. And you're just, you, you know, you, you don't know. Like, I don't, and, and, and to be honest, I didn't really, you know, I still don't have a fucking clue what's going on in the world. It's too complex. Like, is, you know, yeah. we all think we know. Like, we all think it's this and it's, it's Brexit and it's, and it's Donald Trump. And it's, but there's almost something that's like, no one really fucking knows the magnitude of it all. Like, you know, yeah. or at least, at least I don't. And, and if I'm trying to, convert people and change people into yeah i mean you were there man we probably did it to you your band probably would have got nails to the wall like, for, <laughs> like the, the conversations wouldn't have been a normal conversation no i'm kind of glad you were there now, yeah it would... they, they they weren't from what i gather like i i'm i'm quite reclusive so generally i'd set up for the show do the show and then i disappear to my bunk um whereas the other guys are more social right so uh, but apparently at one point they were sat in the, at the table in the tour bus and I think it was Glenn on one side, uh, Yap on the other, so I sat next to them and then really came in mm. and then started asking them about like, you know, do you know the capital of such and such country and generally sort of gauging their, I guess, their level of, of um, you know, what they know and <laughs> what they don't know. Right, yeah. I just remember like the guys having a conversation with me after like when we were like on the way back kind of thing and I was like, oh, really? Um, but no, there was a, there was this, like, it was a weird tension. That's why I'd like, I just wanted to ask what had happened on that front. It wasn't any kind of like, you know, on that front, like, you know, I haven't been holding on to this for a long time, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I guess I just have to say it was, I think everyone's intentions were, were pure and, yeah. and, and for the good, but it just, everyone, you know, they were all young men as well. Like, you know, let's face yeah. it, like, you know, and, and and they were everyone was on a journey to to refine themselves and like we we do stupid things sometimes but we you know we reflect on it and be like i'm not doing that again that's that you know um yeah i mean yeah hey man, i mean I, I kept in touch with that. um with eddie afterwards um right because I, I i think I, I previously interviewed him for one of my i was a fanzine writer for a little bit as well um back when i was younger and um no i kept in touch with it obviously i know he went through that celiac or he's still going through celiac disease and stuff and that's kind of inhibited yeah, yeah. his drumming i think he went on to do new disease didn't he which was the band after he did yeah. um which i think i saw in london which is um, the irony to join a band that name <laughs> yes i know right i don't want to say it but yes definitely um but no no it was it was it was cool i mean like because that album you guys released it was it was a really good album as well um like uh i really like i wear my skin um off that album um and oh, God, i can't remember the other one there was another track revolution was another single revolution yeah. that was it yeah, and yeah. um 
Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a really good album. It was a real. It was kind of like um, it was uh, it was a jump away from the other two albums. If I'm like kind yeah, of going yeah. that way, like there was a lot of like you, you're working more like um, sort of different time signatures and stuff like that was the sort of like main difference I sort of felt from it. Um, was that a sort of a deliberate thing on that front? Was it sort of trying to change that, like not change the direction of the band as such, but show you know more flex when it comes to sort of musical style? Yeah, um, I guess not for the sake of, but it was just more um, like the other stuff with like loop and riff bass, really, weren't they? It was like, yeah. here's, here's a riff for the verse and here's a riff for the chorus and here's the same riff for the verse and here's another riff for the chorus. And I guess um, I guess there's only, I don't know, I, I mean, I felt like Glenn was really trying to push. Um, Glenn's like one of my favorite musicians. Like he just, but he, he really tries to, just pushed rhythmically and pushing. I mean, like just trying to always trying to go further and trying to push the envelope and, mm. you know, um, I guess also, I mean, do you know what? We were listening to, to okay computer, um, on loop for months at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really influenced us. So it was quite, a, you know, uh, I don't know if that was a great idea to, for a really heavy metal band to be like looping on okay computer and, all of a sudden, we're like playing these long intros and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah. it just, it is what it is. I guess the thing is, it's very hard to unless you've got like a, a brief to work towards. Yeah. If 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 you're if you're a band that makes your own decisions, and and you just you know you just you only play with what you're vibing. Yeah. Not because it's like, oh, we have to, we have to play this because this is what we're, this is our bracket and this is what we have to do. I mean, given the guys are all sort of like, you know, the, the whole point is like that they were like rebels, really, weren't they? It was like, mm. fuck the system, fuck this, fuck that. It's like we're gonna, you know, we're doing, we're doing us. So it's if they're whatever they're feeling, they're gonna play. So yeah. Um, and I guess that's where we're at at the time. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it was it was a solid album um i I really enjoy it um and then if we fast forward a little bit you guys sort of like came back with a crowdfunding um um project uh yeah. to produce um some more music and some merch and stuff like that and uh um a sort of mini live show and whatnot um so how, how did the, obviously you know like they said you guys don't work well as sort of like separate entities so like you say sending files to each other doesn't really doesn't it doesn't work with your sort of like flow if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with that, with the fragmented Armageddon um, uh, EP, how how was that sort of like born? How did that sort of come about? And, um, you know, what was sort of like, um, what were the general aspirations for it at the time? We wanted to, we wanted to, we, we definitely wanted to play again. Um, mm. And, but we wanted to come back with like a more modern sound. Yeah. So we... We approached Tech Itch, a guy called, yep. he's a, like the godfather of drum and bass. Like, yep. you know, he, he did a remix for for a project that Yap was involved in called Pink Punk that yep. was very, very electronic based. So we were kind of trying to blend like a form of Pink Punk into OMS so it just becomes, you know, pretty like a, a big, like a modern sound really. Yeah. Um, so I actually had the privilege of like Tech Itch, um, he was in LA at the time and he, he came over to London and lived with me in, in my, in my studio flat as in like my flat with a studio in it. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
to 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 work with us and um so I had this um, like world class drum and bass producer living with me for a bit, and so I, I picked up so many tips, man. Good, um, I'm so, so, <laughs> so lucky for that. I'm a massive but, drum and bass but, uh, fan, Glenn, so I know him very well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Glenn and Martin were um, in Bradford, um, Leeds. Um, that's where they live. Yeah. And then it was just we start, we we thought we could do it. Like we'd we'd send the riff. Yap would come to to mine. He'd put a vocal down. We'd send it to Glenn. Glenn would like it, not like it, or do something, send something back. And but the process became really slow. And but then it was all like we we'd commit to something and spend all day trying to like like you know putting an idea together. Yeah. And then send it to Glenn, and he'd be like, "No, I'm, I'm not liking it," or vice versa. And then it was like we'd kind of get a bit because we were like buzzing in the room, like, "Oh, but it's awesome!" And then he, you know. He wouldn't like it, or, or, or vice versa. Then the other person would just lose momentum, and then we kept doing it for a while. And then, and then we like we realized months went by, and it's like, dude, we're not able to fucking finish a song here because we need to get together. Mm. And it was just that it was just it was it, it just drifted and drifted and drifted and, and became harder to to. And we have we've got like piles of songs, like ideas, half yeah. finished songs. But I was like, none of this is working because. And none of us got into a room to play and actually, like, you know, we had, like, one one week of, of a five-day rehearsal when we when we were going to go and record the EP, but we only ever got to finish two songs. And it was it was actually a, 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 it was actually a flop and a nightmare to the way we did it. it kind of, we, we, we did it wrong. Um, you know, it was, it was a hard lesson to learn. Mm. Um, we, it was, and, and we just kind of, yeah, it was it was a bit of a nightmare, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, no, I was I was just asked about because I, I I backed it. Um, I I I I got the CD and it was the memory card, USB memory right. card, and I did actually get invited to the 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 studio performance thing you guys did as well, right. but I couldn't yeah. get I couldn't get there. I couldn't make it. I already had a previous thing, um, to do, unfortunately, which was a bit gutting. But that was in Hackney, I believe, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, it was in rehearsal studio somewhere. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I backed. I mean, I got what I I sort of like backed for out of it. Um, I know there was some like issues in sort of like when you had it at the time, like obviously, like you say, the songwriting side of things, which is the most important side. Um, that obviously mm. you guys had like issues with that side of it. But no, I was just sort of kind of looking forward to seeing you guys come back and play live. That was my <laughs> thing, and the fact I couldn't make it to that show, I was just like, oh, I've been so good. Just sort of yeah, like you know, uh, being that close in there. I don't know. How did that show go? If you can remember, uh, it, well, it was a rehearsal. It was like a, we just invited people down to the rehearsal room. Yeah, so it was. It was pretty cool. It was. Um, yeah, it was. The thing is, we just didn't have enough new songs, and it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, it yeah. just it, it went well. It was. Um, it was just so hard to to. Like everyone living in a different city and and yeah, yeah also around that time he um he got the news that he was going to become a dad ah yeah um so that kind of all of a sudden pulled him t- towards that for a bit and it yeah. was it was um man look, if i mate if i'm honest it's it's there's there's a side of me that feels really bad for the pledge thing um i feel like it was badly managed um I also think it was a, a really 
a, a wasted opportunity for us because we, our fan base are so loyal and, mm. and so good to us. Um, but it was just, we, we made mistakes. Um, I don't want to point fingers at people. We, we were all, you know, we're all grown men and yeah. we're all, we, we just, but we did try our best that like we were banging our heads for so long. It was, um, before we knew it, it was like, Dude, this has been years, and we haven't delivered anything. We have to, we have to, we have to just put our hands up and say we've, we've kind of, we've, we've lost this one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, and it was bad for us, I think. And, and we, we got some negative comments from fans, um, because we also didn't deliver on some of the, some of the products that mm. you know that we, we were going to do like a live DVD. And thing is, it's like the manager we were working with as well was like just. He was sort of throwing everything at us. Yeah, do a live show. We'll do a live gig. We'll do sell your guitars. We'll, you know, we'll do this. We'll do that, and do a remix. And it was everything was like, you know, trying to create something. And mm-hmm. it was like, dude, calm down. We haven't even written a song yet. Like, you know, let's. It's almost like with Pledge, you should. I feel like you, you almost, like you should almost have your product nearly ready, and then yeah. then do the Pledge. Then bring the bring in the funds to kind of just take it to that next level, but we were all kind of a bit naive with it. It was all it was all a bit. Yeah, I mean, it was a new um, thing back then as well. It wasn't like a, especially for music. It wasn't, um, you know, the the sort of like there were still bumps in the road when it came to crowdfunding. Like you say, um, generally, I find well, I found it when when bands have kind of approached me and asked me about that sort of side of things. I said, always have something ready, like you know, yeah. you know, put yourself into it first, invest yourself into it first. And then once you've got something to sort of like get the ball rolling, then you can kind of, you know, go for the investment elsewhere, the financial side of it. Um, mm. But that, that, I mean, that only comes from like experience and, and just sort of like, you know, going through it and then, you know, you, I've like, I've got a great idea. I've got a blank slate and then I need this amount of money to do it. And then as you go along, you realize you need more money. You need more, <laughs> yeah. you know, you need yeah. more time. You need more resources, which, you know, it, it, it does happen. It's a, it's a learning curve, you know, and unfortunately I think you guys were one of the ones that had to sort of have that learning bit done or do that, do that bit for the experience. Um, but, you know, you're definitely right. Whenever you do the pledge things, it's always good. Well, it's best to have at least something done already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any, um, any of the, so during lockdown, um, my girlfriend was like, "Dude, what's what's going on with the One Minute Silence website um, <laughs> Facebook page?" Because we all after pledge, it was all the way it all ended with the pledge thing. Um, we it, it kind of almost just got abandoned, and everyone just kind of went. Everyone was so fed up with everything, and mm. the backlash was bad, and just we just felt really bad, basically, kind of. So everyone just pulled away from it. Yeah. Um, so, so she was like, "Dude, what's going on with your website?" Because, um, like, she's quite good with social media and stuff. And I was like, well, oh, "I don't know. Like, I haven't seen it." She's like, "There's just really shit photographs, and <laughs> and it just looks like a mess." She's like, "And you, you, you just need to clean that up." So I was like, "Well, yeah, feel free. Here's the here's the logins. Like, you know." Yeah. And so she just cleaned it all up. Took all these rubbish photographs that were on there off. Put some like of the, the just the old stuff and just you know at least what people remember the band as you know. Yes. Yeah. And then 
And then we just got this awesome response, like awesome response, like everyone just saying, oh my God, OMS, we love you guys. Come back, play, play, play. One of the best life plans, all this. Mm. And I was kind of like bracing myself for like, oh, you wankers, you fucked up the pledge. Like, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, ah, has anyone said anything about the pledge? And she's like, no, like, it's cool. Like, you're all right. Like, you know, it's, I mean, you know, people are forgiven. It was like, yeah. you made a mistake as a bank. You didn't kill anyone. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you just, you, you do. And, and, and no one actually mentioned the pledge, which is, and, and respect. I mean, I'm sure now everyone is. It's a reminder. Everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, the pledge. <laughs> and they, I'm going to get an onslaught of emails for the, about the pledge. Um, no, but it was just an awesome response. It made us feel like, oh, good. Like, thanks, guys. We appreciate, you know, mm. uh, you know. Just that loyalty, and and then we opened up a Instagram page. Yeah. Um. So we've just trying to build that again, and and it was uh the because it was the buy now anniversary. It was like, should we just do a few a few t-shirts and stuff and hats and a bit of a buy, like a buy now thing? Yeah. And then people started buying the merch. We've got like just just we're just doing a, a limited edition run for the buy now stuff. And I've got some ideas. Mm. Glenn's got some ideas and we were thinking should we go live again do we do this and we were going to do it we were thinking yeah let's you know and then the COVID, like the code the lockdown thing kicked in yeah. like really kicked in so we're back to that place of nah man I'm not sending you files we're not doing it that way <laughs> let's, not, let's not even attempt to do it that way it was, so where we're at right now is if when lockdown ends, I'm possibly gonna just head up to Glenn and maybe just just have a jam with him yeah. and see what happens. Um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'd love to, with with all this momentum on social media that we've got recently, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, are you guys gonna? What's happening? Like, yeah. is, is this is, why? Why have you come back? Why you know?" <laughs> I'd love to say that we've got a gig lined up and we've, you know, but we haven't, yeah. we haven't even rehearsed, we haven't even jammed. So, but there is definitely the feeling of we'd love to one day. Um, yeah. But by then we'll all be in Zimmer frames. <laughs> I'd still come and watch. <laughs> Don't worry. Because um, <laughs> I think it's like bands like you guys, like, because you do have that kind of like political kind of like stance and, 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 um, sort of like ethos that it, it now is, a, 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 I'd say, a, a I mean, any time to be fair, but right now it's bands like you guys that would get a message across. Um, yeah, because it was like it was you and like like I say back back when I was like young, it was you guys and Pitch Shifter. Um, you know, you both had your own sort of like political kind of um, messages, if you will, or you know, mm. anti-political messages. Um, and I I just sort of like I you know I I I really kind of like it was it was a good way of like you know as much as it can get too much, but it was also a good eye opener because you don't always see everything, you know, and it was a good way. Music is a way of getting that across. Um, in that case, yeah, that sort no, of side of things. Sure. Um, and obviously you've got the big, like, you know, rage against the machine and stuff like that as well, which, which is a, you know, one of those sort of juggernauts, but they only come out of the woodwork every so often. Um, mm. but no, I mean, I, I mean, if you guys can get it together, that would be awesome um i mean I, I i still follow yap on socials and stuff and I've, I've i'm like i've got a couple of his pink punk releases and all that kind of stuff and 
Um, yeah. How, how, actually, I was wondering, I was going to ask, how, how did the relationship, or the working relationship with Tech Itch come about? Because, like I said, I'm a big drum and bass fan. I mean, I love, I'm a DJ, so I, that drum and bass, like that early drum and bass was my kind of like meat and potatoes, if you will. Um, yeah. You know, him, Goldie, um, um, Fotech, and all that kind of stuff. Um, how did that, how did that come about? He, um, I think he knew John Hendicott, who was a producer for Pink Punk. Okay. And so, because then he, Tech Itch did a, a remix for Pink Punk. And yeah. then, and then we just got, um, we just got in touch with Tech Itch and was like, look, we're thinking of doing an OMS show. Would you want to get involved? And he was like, yeah. Nice. So, but yeah, the thing is, it was just, we, I remember like we were all like, we were waiting for him to like, kind of create some templates and bring something up for us and he was waiting for us to like bring up some templates and something for him and it was a moment where we were all like who's who's starting this like <laughs> um that we, you know and obviously he was like because we weren't together playing in a band he just came to my my house and it was like it was it's i think that was just that was the one that, that was the only thing that, that like the one massive it was like a massive cog that was missing that that if because that cog wasn't there, none of the other cogs could move. Yeah, and it was literally if we were all in the same city, we could have just all been in a room together and just and rehearsed and just gone through it bit by bit slowly. And within a few within a month, we would have had something like spectacular. Mm. And it was just, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's the way it's the way the sort of like the cookie crumbles, if you will, on that way. You know, because it, it's sort of you know your where your guys' strengths where your strengths lie basically and and you know the situation you found yourself in unfortunately it didn't it didn't pan out as 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 you sort of like you know hoped it would but there's still time you know i'm gonna push that angle yeah. you know there's still time you know you know after after lockdown is kind of eased and and really kind of uh um, so i don't think it's going to go away as such covid but you know i think yeah. you know once things become a bit more um open you know, if you guys can get together and, and get something to happen, it will happen at the right time, I reckon. So, Well, I just watched a documentary on Netflix with the Rolling Stones, and I'm like, there's loads of time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> um, so, like, obviously with the with the merchandise you got, what have you got left on the sort of, like, buy now stuff? Have you got anything left that you're still sort of um, wanting people to pick up? I know you've got masks and things. Yeah, it's just... Uh... If you go onto our Instagram page yep. or, or the Facebook, there's a there's a, a link to a shop, like an online shop. Yeah. And there is buy now t-shirt, available t-shirt, uh, buy now hoodie. Cool. A cap, buy now cap and a mask. But this we've just done like um, it's limited edition, so we, we're going to just do a, a, a like a run of a hundred each or something. Yeah. So we're going to close it down soon. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is as well, we don't, you know, we don't want to just be a t-shirt company. We want, you know, we we need to like create new music for people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, you keep, keep that 20 year thing going though, because it's, you know, it was a good time back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you know what? If in all honesty, if, if, if we, if we kept the merch thing going for a bit, um, and and the, and we we ended up, it's kind of a way of doing a 
creating some fun so we can all get together again and actually pay for rehearsals and do yeah. it you know we um that's kind of because we're not going to do a, a pledge thing again or anything like that you know um so i guess the merch thing is is kind of the way that we can create enough funds to get get us in a room again yeah yeah in a couple of years it'll be the other album's um, 20th anniversary so you know <laughs> oh that's what you mean like yeah 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 gosh yeah, and then we no. can do a thirty-year anniversary. Thank you, thirty. Like guys, we're still trying to get together. Yep. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. Um, so, what what are you doing now then? What like away from sort of one minute silence stuff? You know, I know you've got some solo material out there. Um, you got a track you put up a couple of months ago called "Old Fashioned." Um, what yeah. what what are your sort of plans for that? Is that just sort of something you're kind of doing to kind of you know uh keep the creative flow going well, or it's exactly that actually it's just it's it's something i've got control over um I, I mean i've always loved melancholy mellow music like it was just always you know i've always been drawn to that stuff um and i've you know i've been developing my voice and just learning to sing and and i finally feel comfortable with it and um and i yeah it, it, you know I can. I've got control over it all, and I love that. It's like it's like if no one can let me down, no one. I, I can't blame anyone if it doesn't work. I can. I don't need to. Um, it's just, and I, it totally fulfills me. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and um, it's also something I feel like I can. I can age with. You know. Um, I'm. I feel like I can play. I can play that stuff when I'm fifty and feel good about it, and not feel like you know I'm. I'm supposed to headbang right now or jump around. And there's, 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 there's just an ageless thing with it. It's acoustic music, you know? Yeah. And um, I'd love to. What, what, I guess what my plan is, if if I don't ever do a heavy band again, um, my plan is just to keep writing this kind of acoustic stuff, get to a place with it where I've got like a, 10 songs um, or at least enough to put a gig together and mm. then just... just find the right musicians who just who love it and want to and want to kind of take it live with me um it's, it's got that old-fashioned track because it's, it's had a good reaction it's really yeah. hard to it's it, you know what it's really difficult to plug yourself when you're the producer the singer the mixer and the engineer and someone who's done all of it because it's like I'm so close to it. i'm like i don't i don't even know if this yeah if this is music anymore whereas when you're in a band it's like you can you're almost plugging other people as well and, and you all feed off each other and yeah but it's um, I've done no no promotion for it. I just kind of I kind of just put it out there and just hope people will like it, and then it will kind of everyone kind of hopes that something goes viral online, and and you almost don't have to do any work because if people love it, they love sharing stuff that they like. Yeah. Um, but then also like I've realised you do need to still promote stuff. Um, but right now I'm just kind of building up tracks and and um, yeah, just just cool. It's building. It's it's grown on Spotify, um, but sometimes, man, I, I look at it and I'm like, dude, you've got like two thousand plays on something, and then you look at something like Maroon Five and about two hundred million plays, and you're like, <laughs> fuck's going on? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's so it's, it's so mad. It's, but it's thing is, uh, mate, I'm just gonna always do music, and if I don't do, if I'm not playing music or creating or or being you know, I'm in a very privileged position as a musician because I can actually mix engineer record i can sing i can write lyrics i can i can basically what what old-fashioned is is something that i've done by myself yeah 
like 100 percent by myself there's that's it there's this you know i i managed to from one idea and it's online and and it sounds good so if people do like anyone listening you do like mellow music just check it out because it's the thing is it's like like i know i can i can do that and i can keep doing that and it's just going to get better and better and i'm in, uh, that's improving yeah. so that for me is like it's it's kind of my sanctuary of like okay i can i'll always have that as my as my base level safety net of being able to be creative and and remain a, a musician and a producer nice um, i also did a project called muto which was kind of like a heavy version it was kind of like pink punkish oh and messy like i was trying to like do some like rappy vocals and stuff it was it was def- it was a stepping stone um mm. you know it's I, I listen back now and i'm like oh, okay i i couldn't i could have i, I could have done better <laughs> but and i also wish i put some electric guitars in it but i went all i was like tech itch influenced and i went all electronic yeah um but i think it would have been good with guitars but again that's something i've done by myself and that that project i got someone someone else to mix um but i'd like to I'd like to also do another Muto EP. Um, that's just for people listening. It's M M U T O with dots, so M dot U dot T dot O dot. Okay. And uh, EP is called Monster Goddess, um, and that's that's on Spotify. Um, okay. I was proud of it. It was it was it was. I worked extremely hard. It was something I did I did by myself. Nice. Um, so again, I can just I just want to be I just want to be able to to do it, put music out there. Yeah. Um, at, and at the highest level, it's just when you work with other people, it it just brings a different it's a different ingredient that you that to to create a different dish, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So well, see gonna, what happens. I'm going to check out Muto. Uh, I haven't checked that one out. I don't think I may have, but I don't remember if I have or not. But no, I really enjoyed Old Fashioned. It was like a real sort of takeaway, like from what I would normally associate you with. Um, and yeah, no, obviously keep it going. If you, once you get stuff going, you know, written and all that, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself? Are you um, still playing? Or? Um, no, I mean I'm DJing. What were you playing in the band? Sorry. I, I... Oh, I was the DJ in the band, so I was doing the scratching and the, the loops and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I still I still DJ rock clubs when they're open, obviously. Um, I also have a radio show, which I do mixes for on Total Rock um and uh yeah i mean musical wise i'm sort of getting involved in and out of projects what's the deal with metal clubs i mean because I, I i don't i don't go clubbing anymore but what's like what's the capacity how many are there because i mean back in like when we were around as a band it was yeah like you could go to a rock club every night yeah there's a lot less now um <laughs> you know and they'd be they'd be full like yeah i mean yeah what, why is that why do you think what was as a um, dj what do you, is, is, do you think like music has changed like as, as do you think rock and metal is kind of not as popular or i think it's a combination of that and sort of people generally not going out anymore um like a lot of them uh didn't i feel didn't probably adapt to the newer music um like you'd always sort of fall back I, I even i'm guilty of this back in the day you always fall back on certain songs uh certain bands and very sort of like rarely take a chance on something new um unless it had right. like the right promotion that was like the key back in the early days of metal clubs if you got on say like the metal hammer cd 
you were sorted as long as the track was danceable people would know it um so a lot of bands from back then kind of got their sort of like springboard off there now because uh, i've had like friends bands on that sort of like coverage you don't get as much publicity anymore because the circulation right. is down heavily um radio is kind of diluted as well like mainstream radio as that's always been a thing but you know occasionally you get bands come through and get playlisted um right but yeah i mean when it comes to clubbing i think like that generation obviously got older stopped going out had families um and then the younger lot i don't know if one they're aware of it two if it was their sort of thing um i mean we get the clubs that i do one of them the capacity is only about 100 so it's it's not it's not massive but it does like it does fill up uh right. the other one um i've had we were in a sort of like thousand capacity venue and we were regularly getting four or five hundred people a month nice it's like a once a month thing um yeah. and then the ones i do now i think the capacity is about two three hundred and we usually get you know half to three quarters full you know we never sort of like right. hit capacity or anything um and we've got a couple around here i mean generally the nights i do are monthly uh, there is still one regular weekly night, um, right. which has been going for like almost 40 years, I think, as a rock night. Um, and then London, I think you still got a couple couple of clubs in Camden, I believe. Yeah. Um, the sort of like usual ones that were around, just like the names have changed. Um, <laughs> um, but a lot of the venues like yeah, shut down, yeah. like the Borderline and stuff like that. That's all sort of gone now. Um, LA2. Yeah, God, yeah um stuff like that and it, you know with the venues going and then i don't know if like there was anyone to kind of like put the money behind a rock night um because i just mm. I, I turn up and dj i don't get involved in the sort of like publicity side of things but um yeah i don't know i think i think just because like the way things have changed i don't think like a lot of the things in the music industry not many people adapted straight away when it came yeah. to sort of like maybe a bit more online promotion and now every, yeah. everything's sort of bombarded online and you kind of like lose interest um but yeah no there used to be like every night like reading used to have a night like a few nights a week um i mean i dj in guildford and woking uh, if you know the area right um yeah yeah, yeah. and and you know th- those have got we've got regular nights there there's like there's two in guildford that i do one in woking and uh yeah it's just um you know we we get people there but it's just sort of like you have to as a dj sort of give more new music a chance like not just like the big ones that kind of like you know the bring me horizons and all that kind of stuff that are sort of the big ones now um there's a lot of other bands out there that that you like you have to do the groundwork for them like to promote them in a sort of like club setting so you have to sort of like right learn adapt mix it with the song that kind of like everyone knows and then they stay on the dance floor for because it's still got the same flow um stuff right. like, stuff like that you know it's uh it makes you dj harder <laughs> right right but, uh, yeah yeah of course makes it a bit you more fulfilling like in touch with like the like how technology has changed even like all the studios of like many studios have closed down and yeah i'm just wondering like are there as many bands anymore be like you know young kids are like getting laptops and making beats now rather than picking up a guitar and getting into um, a room with other people and there's 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 a lot of new bands out there um there's my 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 main radio show 
um, actually integrates uh, electronic and rock music in one. Right. So there's a lot of bands out there that use the elements of like drum and bass or sort of like um, mm. big house type sounds and stuff like that um, into their music. There's like, you know, they, it's mainly sort of coming out of Europe, but there's a couple here in the UK as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just sort of like there's a lot of bands out there that are kind of incorporating that electronic sound to sort of give yeah. them that kind of appeal i guess on that front and but it's also the sort of like yeah, yeah. it's the kid with the laptop but then it's like it's his mate with the guitar and you know that they, they are working together in making like music now and there is that growth of that you know you've got there's a band called seething akira um they're based out of portsmouth yeah. um and they're like full-on like electronic like crossover metal um like dual, right. dual vocalists, big sort of sounding beats and stuff like that. Um, and there's another one called Killer Tricks. Um, and right. they're a bit more sort of like funky on the funkier side, but again, electronic rock. Um, and they're, I think they're down in, I think they're, I want to say Brighton based. Um, and there, there's, there's a few other like bands called The Chemists. They're, they're a drum and bass act initially, um, but then they started incorporating right. heavy guitars in. Uh, they've got like dual vocalists, um, like one MC, one metal kind of rock singer. Um, and they released an album a few years ago and that was really good. Like kind of like pendulum, but more, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, more heavy. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but no, there, there are a lot of bands out there. Um, and you can sort of like generally tell the productions, um, from what they do, if they're using, you know, Ableton and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah. um, yeah, but no, there's, there, there are plenty of bands out there. It's just, uh, I don't know if the, the, the method in the way that we used to do things uh, doesn't really exist anymore. Um, right. You know, like we go out, you play a whole bunch of shows, um, you sort of build up like that way, and and then, you know, hopefully someone will see you and then get something recorded and all that kind of stuff. Now a lot of them are kind of like recording first and then working out the live stuff afterwards. So they're getting their like yeah. online presence sorted. And then... Once yeah. the sort of time comes, they'll go out and play a show. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's changed so much, though, hasn't it? I mean, I don't want yeah. to sound like an old man, but it's <laughs> changed so much since in, 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 since 2000 to now. And 20 years has been, it's, it's mad, it's like a mad leap. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, there's pros and cons for sure. Um, just, just very different. And I just, I just feel like, uh, I mean, people just, I don't know. Don't it's like let's say like you heard about a woman at silence gig and it was like oh my god it was it was like they they tore the roof down or something and it's like yeah but now like everyone is filming it like everyone's filming your show like on a phone so some people like see it on on YouTube and they're like oh, I've seen it now I don't need we really need to go and see it yeah so it's like you know um now, there's a lot to yeah. say for the sort of like there's some artists that don't allow phones on during their shows and stuff. I mean, can you stop that though, or is there a I way? I don't know. Some artists have tried. You know, they've tried like you know taking the phone off the audience before they go in, or which doesn't work at all because um, people won't give up their phones. Um, right. But I mean, I don't know. It depends on on I guess what you want to do. I mean, you can. I I, th I think the best way is just politely asking people not to do it mm. um, because you know as soon as you enforce it on someone, it's like. Like anything people are trying to enforce on people it, people won't do it um or there'll be a back there'll be a, like an upturn and, and and a backlash and you'll be like oh maybe i should have been 
you know doing something else but i don't know it's um i mean i've i've seen it i've i've kind of like seen like notices up in venues when i've gone to shows saying please don't record please don't you know have your phone out but then i've seen other bands encourage that say have your phone out record the show put it up online but i guess it ultimately depends on your level and what what sort of um you know what your presence is like online because in theory you should get the streaming like bits from it as long as the algorithm picks up your copyright right you know um because i've noticed when i've put music on stuff and and immediately on youtube you get like a a thing come through saying ah this song is copyrighted too yeah yeah such and such but i don't know if that happens with live music right so but yeah i don't know oh mate (laughs) well man um i'm I'm gonna let you go because obviously i've kept you long enough on this front but i'm thank you it's been a pleasure thanks and Um, and for the record i I don't i'm i I just to go back to the beginning like i'm not i don't want to feel like it was a negative ending for for the band no Um, and everyone was just on a path and you know i mean at the end of the day it was was just a band and it it was time to it was time to let it go but we're all still friends and everyone everyone's like we're we're still bros and Mm -hmm. we laugh and we we laugh about the times we had and um maybe one day we'll we'll do it again yeah no i look forward to it if you guys can uh get that together i will be there <laughs> definitely <laughs> on that front come, but... come and uh, dj for us oh yeah no definitely that'll be awesome <laughs> we owe you we owe you only for like pulling, pulling that tour on you oh no don't worry you don't owe me anything don't worry about that i'm uh i'm <laughs> like i said I, I it was it was it was just uh you know being a fan and then being on the road with you guys and then watching it kind of like implode if you will um it was like yeah. oh my god and i was just sort of curious as to what because we never got told what happened obviously we knew you guys were kind of like calling it quick but i didn't know if anything was going and obviously like you said it was just like it was just that time where things sort of like became out of focus and whatnot so you know you sort of like concentrate yeah. harder on the on one aspect when you know you sort of look at the other aspect of where you're you're sort of like you're in a band it's a band it's not a it's not a you know a political rolling machine kind of thing so yeah 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 so, but no like i said don't you, know, you don't owe me anything don't worry about that um, <laughs> i was just yeah, it was just okay. I, I can put that on my resume you see so on tour with one minute silence it's only for one and a half <laughs> dates but it was fine <laughs> um but yeah no i just want to say thank you for doing this i really enjoyed it um like hearing the stories and all that kind of stuff around that time and um like i said i hope you guys can get it together and sort of get out yeah. there and, and see if you can do like a do something you know obviously no pressure but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll announce it anyway on on uh, we've we've got the social media up and running now properly so yes. we, we will try and announce stuff and um yeah and thanks for listening to the old-fashioned track um be great if, if you know uh, yeah. stuff like that got picked up as well so i could keep keep doing my dream as a musician yeah um, no worries i'm gonna link everything uh with the show so i'll link that with it as well uh, Brilliant, to the youtube Appreciate video it. and whatnot so Mate, um, absolute yeah. pleasure cool thank you so much no Stay worries man have yeah definitely have a fantastic rest of your day all right take care bro cheers man Bye-bye.